All right, welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault Behind the Vault Door. My name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host. Uh, flying solo tonight at CGV headquarters. Thought I would uh, speak about a couple of political issues. I know that uh, some of our listeners enjoy uh, some of our political views. Uh, you know, whether you feel uh, you can agree with them or not. Uh, I'd like to hope they're uh, informative and maybe even a little entertaining. You know, I had a, a good friend of mine tonight. Uh he tried to explain, um, or rather I tried to explain to him rather that what a wedge issue was and how this came about was, uh, I had done a post in our storyline and in that, in that post, you know, like a couple of things have happened here. You know, we've got, we've got gunplay in the streets, you know, seemingly all across Canada. We've got, uh, you know, two kids on the run that apparently shot some, some people, uh, you know, again, you know, are they legal owners? Uh, you know, no guns have been recovered as of yet. Um, you know, you've got people in the London area shooting at each other in cars. You know, we, as, as frontline police officers tried to warn the administrations. And I mean, anybody that would deny this, I would say you're an asshole. Uh, the truth is, is that city officials were warned that the, um, end of the practice of carding. And I mean, you can have whatever feeling you want about carding, whether it's, you know, unconstitutional or it's discriminatory, you call it whatever you want. I mean, I can tell you the police officers use it, uh, to maintain control over what would otherwise be terrifically violent streets. And it's the single tool, uh, that is usually pointed out when it comes to dealing, dealing with known gang members, uh, they uh, are, are well known to carry firearms or have multiple firearm related offenses. And, you know, they're in areas. And I mean, I don't care what color you are. There's white bad guys. There's black bad guys. There's, 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 you know, uh, shit, I'm sure there's a purple asshole out there somewhere. And it really doesn't matter to me. And it doesn't to, uh, I imagine 99% of the frontline police officers that may come into contact with people. Uh, if they know that they're violent individuals with lengthy criminal histories that have been known to carry firearms and probably will do so again as they continuously engage in the same you know, behaviors and uh, business practices, um, the types of people carrying firearms uh, loaded in Canada are people that are up to no good, and that's the truth. And carding really isn't a discriminatory type practice. It's like, what are you doing here? Because uh, I think that you're somebody that I know uh, doesn't have the ability to be out on this corner uh, and or hang out with that guy, and I want your name right now. And and people uh, people don't realize this, but the end of carding really put frontline police officers into a horrible spot. Uh, you know, do your job, keep the city safe, uh, and or you know keep driving past that guy that you know might be carrying a gun. Because what ends up happening when you stop the person and you talk to the person 
is, you know, they could tell you to go screw yourself and you really can't do much about it. And to top it all off, you know, you have to hand them a business card with all the information required to contact the people in offices that, uh, by their very nature, stress police officers out. You know, a complaint system has been put in place. So now if you stop these people, like, I mean, they've done everything imaginable to discourage police officers from actually shaking down bad guys. And nobody's allowed to talk about it because you're not allowed to have an opinion in policing. And certainly I'm retired, so I can say whatever the hell I want. And I would think that I would speak for a great number of officers when I say that this is total bullshit. Uh, I can't stop that guy that I think is carrying a gun, a loaded gun, and may use it and talk to him and make him nervous and make him, even if I don't get the gun, maybe he's a little nervous to carry it next time. But more often than not, good police officers in the metropolitan cities are doing a fantastic job with the tools that they have and the limited resources at their disposal. They're actually doing a great job uh, keeping guns off the street, but there's just so many of them flooding in from the U.S. that it's, I'm sure, very difficult, uh, you know, to keep up. But I mean, they've realistically taken away uh, any desire to have any interaction with somebody that probably will result in your life getting turned upside down with a, a, a public complaint. Uh, that will last anywhere between, you know, like six months to a year and a half, depending on what the hell happened. And of course, you know, so nobody's going to stop these guys and they're now roaming around with guns freely and they're feeling very brazen and, you know, now they're using them. And uh, I'll say this out loud for every police officer that warned an administrator that there was going to be a wave of violence involving firearms because people are allowed to carry guns now. They know they're not going to get hassled. They know they're not going to get shook, shook down. So now you got more people than ever out there carrying guns, posturing with one another in, you know, gang-infested areas, uh, you know, with high crime rates. And these people are starting to blast everywhere. Of course, it comes right before an election. An election where the current liberal government has gone well out of its way to ignore uh, any and all evidence leading up to this point that legal firearm owners have really been anything more than an insignificant portion of whatever problems uh, Canada may have involving firearms, which in the grand scheme of things are not that great. And I mean, you can sit there and say that every life is valuable and how could you say that? But I mean, in the, in the grand scheme of things, with the number of deaths that occur, when you eliminate suicides from that number and deaths with firearms, you know, involving uh, criminal guns, you know, like guns that were not obtained legally that are, you know, being carried by assholes. When you shave all that away, you know, the stuff that clearly the government's really not doing much to address. When you shave all that away, you're talking about legal gun owners, perhaps representing like a fraction of a percent of the problem of people dying from firearms. That's just firearms because there's so many other places that they could be devoting energy to save lives. I mean, the opiate crisis is real. Anybody out there that doesn't pay attention to that, shame on you. We got tens of thousands of people overdosing on opiates. Of course, the doctors really uh, aren't saying much about that. They'd rather come after legal gun owners. Uh, heaven forbid they should take a harder look in the mirror and see exactly what it is that perhaps they've contributed to in terms of a problem where people are dying. Uh, but you've got, you know, so many groups of people uh, gathering, welling up, you know, gathering momentum leading into a record hot summer uh, that I will call Summer of the Gun 2019. I think I think now I'll make a prediction. You know, I'll make the same prediction I would have made three years ago 
saying that if you guys don't start stopping people with guns now and continuing to shake them down and making them nervous about carrying guns and going back to jail, if you don't start doing that now, probably by year three or so, there's going to be an explosion of violence. So I'm going to call it right now. Uh, for guys like John Tory that push the no carding angle, uh, forget shame on you. I hold you completely responsible if you push that angle. And that is the very reason I believe that we're going to have more gunplay in the city of Toronto in 2019 than ever. I would say that the blood is on his hands. Of course, he'll he'll never wear a speck of it. He'll just say it's you know a, a problem with guns, and we need to ban guns in the city of Toronto, hoping that uh, every other city will follow suit. The truth is, is that uh, quite frankly, I believe they're responsible. So I'm going to make a prediction right now. This is going to be the most violent summer on record. And you know what? It's going to be all criminals with guns, and they're going to point the finger at us. So folks, get ready. All right, get ready to become the scapegoats all right, for the criminal violence that is plaguing cities like Toronto. All right, the direct result, in my opinion, of John Tory's right, policies, all right, ridiculous liberal policies. Right? You got the liberal government right, looking to jam C-71 down our throats, and now they've handed all the authority over to the RCMP, right, who refuse to investigate them seemingly for anything. You know, really is not doing a lot to renew my faith that the RCMP right, isn't just now become a, a, an arm of this liberal government. It would be really nice to see a motion not be voted down by people like Bob Bertina, Right? The idea that somebody sensible from the city of Hamilton would not want to investigate like the umpteenth allegation of wrongdoings from his party. You know, like, I mean, at what point do you stand up in the morning in front of the mirror and say, I'm a piece of shit? Like, I mean, it really, it's bad. Like, I mean, and everybody can see it that's watching closely. But of course, you know, there's been almost $600 million set aside for the purposes of bailing out the media, doled out by a committee filled with liberal party members that are going to determine which, which news is worthy of government grants, which, by the way, I don't know if it's true or not, I have yet to confirm it, but Michelle Rumpel reported that they secretly doubled the $600 million bailout money. That we're actually looking at $1.2 million in bailout, and then you got the CBCs funded to the tune of $1 billion and change Right, the the country more or less pays attention to these mainstream outlets, and right now we've got country leadership seemingly unaccountable for anything that they do. Uh, they control investigations into themselves. Uh, they won't even allow an investigation to get started because they vote down the motions with the majority government every time. Like it's it's a shameful display, a grotesque abuse of power, in my opinion. For anybody that's watching. Right? Just take a look at the parliamentary sessions. They do not answer the questions they're asked. And when there's been some suggestion of wrongdoing, they deny it. When proof is produced, they continue to deny it. Then they gag everybody involved so that they can't make comment right, that is going to be contrary to whatever narrative the government is deciding to spin out. Oh, and, and never mind. Gerald Butts has made his fantastic return right, to office. I mean, the best part is, is he left, so he'll be entitled to a severance pay, and now he's probably going to get paid, right, to continue working for the government. Like, I mean, it just, there's no end to the tax dollars that are getting poured down the drain by this government. If, they're, if it's not leaving the country by the container full, 
it's being pissed away somewhere here. I mean, we can go all the way back to like the early days of giant rubber ducks and money being wasted, right? Flying personal chefs to different countries and before they embarrass us completely on the world stage by playing Mr. Dress Up. I mean, I've never seen a more embarrassing prime minister in my life. I've never had such an active interest in politics. I hate politics, right? People don't realize that. My father was in politics for 23 years, right? I despise politics. I always said I'm enforcement branch. I want nothing to do with that, right? But I have an active interest in the future of Canada. And if you're not paying close attention, you're missing the show. We've got the world's most embarrassing government pissing away tax dollars in record uh, rates of time and leaving generations with debt that can only be fixed with either massive cuts, a la Doug Ford, or huge, huge increases in taxes. Got the carbon tax. They want that. They're going to jam that. Nobody wants the carbon tax. Every province is saying no carbon tax, and yet it's happening. And they're not even telling us the final impact it'll have on individual families. I, I believe reports have been released. Uh, love to hear, you know, in a comment section what people think about that. You know, nobody wants the carbon tax, questionable people. That This is the part where I, I had this conversation today. Uh, I said, you know, I want to start this uh, caption by saying, I, you know, like I'm not a climate denier. You know, like, you know, you make it sound like a Holocaust, like, you know, a climate denier. Like, no, you know what? I, I believe climate change is real. I believe that things are changing. You know, uh, there's various, um, you know, studies to indicate that maybe the planet has shifted on its axis as a result, you know, certain areas are cooler and certain areas are hotter. And, you know, it went from being, you know, um, global warming to you know uh you know a problem with with uh, things cooling off too fast and then they just said well it's climate change and then it became a climate emergency and now they're telling us we all have 12 years and i mean they've set a limit on it. i love the government of hypocrisy that that is, that is the liberals they, they'll always scream out you know we're not going to play the politics of division and fear meanwhile that's all they seem to do and that's the signature move of this government is they'll say one thing and completely do another i've never seen politicians acting more like politicians uh you know they're saying the total opposite of what they're doing seemingly uh and it happens again and again we're going to have the most transparent government on record meanwhile they shut down every bit of debate they talk about consultations but they're really just talking to people and allowing no opportunity for opposition in any form to be expressed openly without being completely shut down right or having people shamed into like leaving if you want to argue with me you can leave it's like no no i'm just saying what you just said is a lie well you know that's not what i what i'm saying is this and that's the way it is and you know what that you you know you've asked your question well yeah but your answer is a lie well, well, look, if you want to argue, you can go outside. And then, of course, somebody turns around in the crowd and says, just leave. And it's like, what? You know, I'm asking a legitimate question. You know, it's, it's, it's real easy to throw around terms like racist and bigot. You know, when people ask legitimate questions. You know, I think about the immigration issue. That's a real touchy one. 
you got people that are terrified, you know, that they're going to be accused of being racist and bigots. I, you know what? As a former police officer, I'm always thinking about security. I really don't care what color people are. I really don't care what God they pray to. If there's a security issue, potentially, you examine it. You, you exercise caution. You err on the side of caution in the interest of public safety. But, like, I mean, it almost seems like people are just not paying attention to the potential dangers. You know, and it's not like somebody didn't warn them and nobody saw this coming. Like, people, people in office... Uh, you know, have been saying for years, forget, forget the terrorism angle altogether. The, the costs connected to illegal immigration, you know, millions and millions of dollars on hotels, you know, on, on flights, on, uh, you know, accommodating and, you know, uh, social assistance programs and, and who's paying for all this. And you don't got to be a racist to wonder who's paying the bill. You know, I never once really gave a shit whether the person I was eating dinner with was black, white, yellow, blue. If I was picking up the tab, I, I wanted to know, you know, like I, or I'd offer, you know, at least I would know. Um, you know, it's got nothing to do with color or race or religion. Like, how about how about just the money? You know, uh, the government seems to be letting people illegally enter the country, housing them, really not providing any kind of incentive to not, you know, tell their friends, hey, you know what? We got here. They you know, carried my bag. <laughs> really? Yeah. We just crossed the border and, you know, they told us that we were going to be charged. They let us go. You know, we, we stayed in hotels that they paid for and, you know, they gave us money. What? I, it, shit. Might as well put up a, a signal flare on the side saying, you know, come here. These idiots are willing to pay for everything. Of course, more people are going to come. And, and we're going to pay for it as taxpayers. And I think that that's something that should interest everybody. And, and that's the kind of thing that I, I, you know, I like to talk about with people frequently and often is, you know, we, we run a gun enthusiast page and I'm, I'm all about the firearms rights and advocacy. And I, I think that it's, it's a very important part of what we do. It's not the primary focus. Um, you know, but there's so many things that you can talk about with family, friends, colleagues that have nothing to do with guns. You could talk about the public embarrassment. You could talk about the money that gets pissed away. You could talk about the lies, the scandals, right? The cover-ups, right? There's no end to the material that this government has provided us with, but we got to talk to each other. Uh, I think that it's really important that we get off the internet, that we actually get out there, uh, get onto the fields, uh, definitely speak to the guys at work and like make them aware. Cause I'm finding the one, the number one thing that's going on is people are just completely unaware of it. It's part of the reason why I wanted to grow the page so fast and why I've devoted as many hours as I have to it. Um, you know, a lot of people don't realize, but I run a lot of 18 hour days. Uh, some people would probably call it unhealthy. It's seven days a week. It's 364 days out of the year, uh, only because I insist on, you know, trying to take part of the day off for the birth of our baby Jesus, you know, you know, and I can make that joke. Uh, all you Christian Catholic folk out there, I was raised that way. So I think it's funny if uh, you're offended by it. I really don't care. Um, you know, like, uh, there's, there's just no end to the number of things that you can talk about in relation to this government, uh, deserving of a swift kick in the ass out of office. Uh, to all those people out there listening that think that Max Bernier is the answer. I love Max, but I'm telling you right now, it is not his time. He cannot gather the necessary momentum to even be remotely a threat to the liberal government. He can, however, help them tremendously. And I had this discussion with a young man this morning and, you know, he made it clear that he wanted uh, to show Max his support. And I could tell you right now, uh, I made it abundantly clear that the bulk of my audience seems to feel this way based on the conversations I've had, that Max can only serve to bleed off a certain percentage of votes from the conservative race 
and potentially hand the victory to Trudeau. And so for all those people out there that think that Justin Trudeau uh, isn't going to win this election, I can tell you right now that Max, Max could well be the catalyst for handing him a victory. It happened out in Alberta. You know, you get you get two factions that split the vote, and the guy that shouldn't win does because everybody's arguing over who's going to take first place over here, and you lose, uh, you know, that way. And I I really don't want to see Justin Trudeau uh, get another term of office. I, I really do believe that a second term of Trudeau could mean, you know, uh, a complete collapse uh, of the Canadian economy. Some some things may happen that we may never recover from. If you care about firearms, I can tell you right now that if they win the election, you can kiss that shit goodbye. If they win this election, kiss it goodbye. If they win a minority government. Uh, we might not roll back any laws. Uh, we certainly might still see some changes that we don't care for that have no impact on public safety. Uh, it, it would be better if we won by a majority, which means that I can't endorse what Max is doing. Second time around, hey, if, if the conservatives win and come next election, I will campaign for Max myself. I do like his policies, and they're very appealing to gun owners uh, because they're, they're, they're very pipe dreamish. You know, like, we're going to do this. We're going to roll things all the way back. And it's like, yeah, that's great, but if you're not elected, it doesn't matter. It would be, you know, to the firearm community, it would be like somebody coming forward and saying, I think that everybody can have full autos again. Well, that would be great to vote for. Sure. You know, like if you if you wanted that sort of thing. Um, but if he's not capable of winning, then what's the point? You're, you're wasting your vote. Uh, any vote, in my opinion, and certainly the opinion of people far more intelligent than I, a vote right now for Max Bernier that takes away from the conservative leadership um, is actually a vote for Trudeau. And and a lot of people uh, will sit there and say, hey, I'm not going to play those fear politics. And I mean, they're both Trudeau and Scheer are cut from the same cloth. I don't believe that for one second. Um, you know, the, the, the comparison is insulting, quite honestly. Um, you know, is Andrew J. Shear ideal candidate? It would have been my first choice, but, you know, maybe not. Uh, you know what? And he's a little soft on some issues, you may think. Well, the truth is, is that we're not going to win. And, and Podcast Brian has said this a number of times. We're not going to win by going harder right. We're going to win by taking more from the middle and from the left, you know, bleeding off some of their votes. You know, they're going to be people that are never going to want to vote conservative. They're just dead set against it. And that's the end of it. Um, you know, but we've got to bring some of those moderates over and we don't do that by going harder. Right. Certainly, uh, you know, I've read some articles where it, it appears there's some trouble in Max's camps regarding, you know, criticism of uh, potential racism, whether or not that's true or not. I have no idea. But, uh, you know, it's made the news that he's had some problems there. I mean, that doesn't appeal to the people on the left that are kind of like, eh, you know, I, I'm not too. I'm not digging the far right policies. So they're never going to vote for that. Uh, you know, so you're not going to get votes there. But, you know, a slightly more centrist uh, area of ruling, I think, would be much more appealing uh, to, to more Canadians and give us and afford us a better chance of winning this next election. So for all you people out there that, you know, are dead set and think that Max, you know, uh, is, is, you know, Max or bust, if he's not electable, if it's like statistically impossible, then don't throw away your vote. Right. Uh, throw it on the conservative pile. Uh, you know, bank that thought because strategically voting says you vote for sheer. Uh, we take out the Justin Trudeau government. We cut him off at the knees. We win by a mass majority vote. And then the following election, 
you know, we will be holding uh, the conservatives uh, to account the entire time they're in office. We've learned as a people, as a as community, certainly uh, in the firearm community, we've learned that falling asleep at the wheel, uh, things go wrong. It's important that we stay on top of things and hold people to their promises. Right. And Andrew J. Shear has promised to repeal C-71, something I'm sure he'll regret after summer of the gun because he'll be painted up to be this asshole that wants to make Canadians unsafe. I, I totally see it. And that's why I make the prediction that this is going to be the worst one on record. You know, I remember the early 90s. Uh, I remember when V.V. Limonis was shot tragically. You know, a young woman cut down in a just desserts in Toronto. You know, she took she took a shotgun blast to the chest and the entire community said that is enough. We're getting gun law change. It's coming. And they voted for it. And I think uh, we would be foolish to believe that this government isn't going to take a swing going out the door just as uh, elections are about to start. I imagine there's going to be a magical change in law just to really like, you know, wrench it down. You know, we've changed it. They want to change it back, right? They don't care about Canadians. They're they're racist. Uh, you know, they're going to paint Shear's party to be the devil. They already do. Harper, right, is responsible for everything. I understand he got blamed for something like 137 different things while Justin Trudeau failed to answer questions. There seemingly is no end to the unethical behavior and uh, the lows that this liberal government will hit while in office you know i know one of them personally and uh, to hear him say the words you know we're liberals we spend time in the you know like i said you've spent more time in the office of the ethics commissioner than all the other governments combined and the response i got from bob bertina was well we're liberals that's what we do and i'm thinking oh wow wow is that a shame you know to be comfortable with spending time uh, being criticized for being unethical. Anyway, that's about all the time I have for tonight's episode, and that's my political rant for the beginning of August. Anyway, hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube and on Instagram. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight. Stay safe.